Welcome to This Week on Broadway for August 15th, 2021. My name is Matt Timonini, and on the broadcast today, I am joined by the one and only, the great and the good, the birthday week girl, Grace Aki. Grace, how are you? That's such a sweet opening. Can you can you open every time we do a show together? Can you say it's my birthday week? <laughs> I mean, I would be lying, but we well, technically, since this is coming out on Sunday, it's ah. the next week, but it's within okay. a week of your birthday. So happy birthday, Grace. Ah, okay. um, thanks. As Robbie Rizell tweeted, and then I stole everybody to celebrate your birthday should get a ticket to your upcoming show, either in person in Atlanta or live streamed a few weeks later of your she atl performance of to free a mockingbird um i'll go ahead and throw that link in the show notes because you all should should be doing that and see it um it'll be live streamed on september 11th right yeah for five days so five it's days. It, yeah the, the streaming starts at 7 30 p.m that saturday and then it goes for five days they just want to build everybody up to to watch the first uh premiere stream which i think is very cool but it's running for five days so if you're like i'm busy then do you is it so is it like on demand you can watch it anytime you want or is it specific streaming times that you're able to watch it no, from what I understand, it's it's uh, from 7.30 that day for five days. It's anytime you want. So you cool. could watch it at 2 a.m. with some Oreos. You could watch it at 6 a.m. if you with like some dance with the devil. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, basically, uh, yeah. basically anytime you watch it, you can technically have the Oreos, uh, which is not a bad thing either way. Yeah. An amazing listener actually tweeted, I think tweeted at me and said that they were going to watch it with a bubble tea in my honor, which I thought was the most beautiful thing. It was Linda, like a shout out. She's oh, yeah, great. yeah. She's the best. Uh, big, yeah. So I was like, OK, yeah. I mean, anybody that wants to go get a bubble tea and watch the show, I really appreciate it. But um, GATL is a great organization. So regardless, support the other shows that are streaming that week as well, because they're really, really great. That is awesome. And of course, we will have that link in the show notes. But today, we don't want to bury the lead too much. Grace and I are about to be joined by the Broadway super couple, the first couple of Broadway, in my opinion, (laughs) Andy Carl and Orfe. They have a number of concerts. They're getting back on the concert stage together for the first time since the pandemic. They are going to be starting out up in the Hamptons at Calissa. Uh, on August 19th. Then they're going to be doing a show at Barrington Stages on August 23rd. And then they're back home in New York City with their Legally Bound concert at 54 Below on September 15th and 16th, back by popular demand. We will have links to all of that as well as, of course, to their social media stuff in the show notes and on broadwayradio.com. Tickets are available for all of those shows they are simply the best grace. Uh, my love for Andy and Orfe yeah. is well chronicled in the Broadway radio <laughs> airwaves, as well as my love for Legally Blonde. Um, so without further ado, we should just let, do you want, should we just bring them in? Let's, should we just do this? We should do this right now. We're okay. ready. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Andy Carl and Orfe. Okay, thank you so much uh, for doing this. You you both are in such like a, a, a buildup of a whirlwind of a, a bunch of concerts coming up. So we appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this. First off, how how are you doing? How's your Saturday going? Oh, so far so good. This is fun. So better. And we needed a break from all the rehearsing and all of that stuff. So this is a moment that we we could kind of like chill. Nice well, Saturday before we start rehearsing tomorrow anyway. So, you know, day so, off. So if you start rehearsing tomorrow, I assume that's with the band, but do you two rehearse everything together at home first, I assume? 
Well, I mean, the show is so intact at this point. We've been doing it so, you know, for so long, minus the little uh, unfortunate break everyone on the planet had to take. Uh, so it's pretty intact. And we have such an extensive set list that we can swap in and out. And we constantly bring upon, you know, bring on new songs. So I think what we generally rehearse are the new stuff, things that we haven't like put into the set yet. But we're constantly, you know, mulling it over and mashing it about at home. But we do tend to have to get everybody together to make it work. Yeah, she, she's the relaxed version of that. I'm the control freak that's like, <laughs> we have to rehearse. We have to rehearse. I, got, I don't know what I'm saying. You know, that kind of stuff which yeah. is totally unnecessary. But, you know, a nice even out. She's cool. And I, I run like crazy when it's this stuff. And then on stage, it's like, just go with it, man. Have a good time. When you are working on adding songs and stuff like that, it, it, how do you pick what you put in? Like, is it stuff that you just listen to at home and or in the car or something? And you're like, oh, I like that. That would work for this. Or it, is it a little bit more conscientious about like swapping out? Well, this song had this message and this is another one that kind of says the same thing. How do you move around those puzzle pieces to make sure that you're getting the the message of the entire evening that you want? I mean, honestly, for me, it's always what I would want to hear if I was at a concert. It's literally what I think the people want. But Andy and I are very good at base, you know, being able to gauge the temperature of an audience in general and what they would like to hear from us. But I'm also a, a mainstream pop music fanatic and an R&B music fanatic. So we'll be walking around and I'll start to sing a Mary J. Blige song and I'll be like, oh my God, let's do a version of Method Man and Mary J's You're All I Need to Get By. That's how the entire opening medley came about. And we've yeah. pretty much stuck to that opening for most of our Legally Bound shows. And it really was from a walk uh, uh, literally a walk on a beach many, many years ago where we were like, you're all I need to get by a la Mary J. Blige. And Andy started doing the, the rap. And I was like, okay, we have to figure out a medley of a Motown medley. And Charles Randolph Wright was, is the director of Legally Bound, yeah. you know, from the beginning. And that's how it happens. Or like, you know, I'll come across a Demi Lovato song and I'll be like, I have to put that in the show. You know what I mean? It could be sometimes a challenge where it's like, I want to know if I can even sing that song. I want to know if, you know, this will work in this context. I want to bring something different because people are so kind of imprinted with knowing us from Broadway. They don't even know I came from the music business most of yeah. the time. So I think it's more of like, you know, if you think we're Broadway, let me show you what we really do. You know what I'm saying? So it's really a personal taste that I think is is really um, enjoyable for the audience. It's not selfish. It's not like, well, I want to sing this song. I don't care who thinks it's good. It's not that. It's what I think is really popular mainstream that I could possibly eke out the notes to and that the audience <laughs> would like. Yeah, I think it's everything that you said. It's everything like, you know, thinking, uh, thinking about what it means to us thematically, uh, also in the moment, also what would be a really fun, great number for everybody to enjoy themselves in the audience. Uh, I think every, you know, every person that should step on stage should, should consider all the things that you were asking because, you know, you want something about the two of us. Uh, I think a lot of our songs direct in that way of like, love and and you're all i need to get by and those things really mean something to us especially the two of us on stage making a connection but then we go off on our separate things and we go into something that means something to us personally uh whether she's singing a whitney houston song that that means something to her because she really admires the artist so much uh or me with a you know a song from rocky where it was like everything was about the challenge and you know climbing up mountains and so i'm gonna talk about that and sing the song so it incorporates all of it like, Orfe, just to answer your question, if you can eke out those notes, you can. Okay. Like, let's just be you very know, clear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really good. I should have really just become a professional poker player because I really have a great poker face. Because some of those songs are there's another song for you. There you go, poker yeah. face. Uh, but there, some of those songs are so hard that I literally think that I'm just going to fall to my knees on the stage and, and not get through it. They really are. I just make it look easy <laughs> because they're easy. And, you know, you realize like a lot of these artists, these mainstream big deal pop artists, they never sing those songs live. You never hear them sing those songs live because they're pretty much not meant to be sung live. 
Yes. Or they have a million backup singers. Or they have 43 backup singers and tracks and all that stuff. And I'm like, I, like what was I thinking doing this? It, it's, it's challenging, but, you know, you can't grow as an artist if you don't challenge yourself. I mean, fair, fair. <laughs> um, I, I love that you guys are, I love the, the, the sense of the show so much because like Legally Bound and Legally Blonde is, is something that everyone goes to you guys and being like, oh my God, I loved you guys in the show. But I really, really enjoy, and I know you've told it a hundred times, but I'm going to ask you to tell it a hundred and one times because I really love hearing the story of how you two met doing Saturday Night Fever. Do you mind telling us a little bit about it? No. Um, okay. I'm just glad you knew we met in Saturday Night Fever and not Legally Blonde. Oh, hell no. Because <laughs> most, people, most people are still shocked and almost dismayed that, yeah. that, that we didn't actually fall in love at Legally Blonde as, you know, Kyle and Paul in it. What a great moment. You know, there was a lot of uh, joy for us to be on stage together in those perspective parts. So. Yeah, but we did. We met in Saturday Night Fever on Broadway. Andy came in about six-ish months into the run. Say that three times fast. Um, And he was replacing somebody that got a promotion. And so he was going to be one of the the guy gang in the show, the tough guys, the faces, they were called. Hold hold story. Uh, I had seen the show and I had seen Orfe perform, If I Can't Have You, and I immediately was a fan uh, before I came to the show. Uh, so I'm already enamored and she's uh, way out of my league. Okay, back to your story. And see, he always <laughs> says that because every time he says that, I, I write him a really big fat check. So there you go. Um, he came into the show. Everyone was like, oh my God, you're going to love Andy Carl. Andy Carl's the best. Andy Carl's this. And everyone had worked with him except for me. And he walked into the freaking Minskoff Theater and all the lights went dim and everything got fuzzy and he had a halo around him and he, everything went slow motion and I couldn't hear anything and I fell in love instantly. Yes, it's true. The halo was because I had no tan at the time. <laughs> it was just white alabaster skin. Um, no, but I, I, again, the two of us, I think already had like a... Uh, uh, a vibe for each other, you know, even before we knew each other. And it just sort of hit off immediately. And six months after we met, we were engaged. And a month after that, we were married. And no we, messing uh, around. No messing no around. around. And now, you know, <clears throat> 20 years later, here we are still, still doing, still singing on the same stages. Well, and whether it's singing on stages and doing concerts and albums like this or doing multiple Broadway shows together at this point, what is it like kind of balancing you two as a couple at home and as two performers on stage together? Is there a different vibe with one than the other or is it kind of two parts of the same circle or how, how does that relationship ebb and flow depending on whether you're working together or you're just husband and wife at home? I was, I was listening to some podcast yesterday and it's like, it could go two ways with husband and wife teams. It's like, you know, you'll either kill yourself or you'll have the best time ever working together. And uh, we are the ones that have a really good time working together. Um, again, I'm a huge fan of her and Stepping on stage is an honor in that respect, uh, but it's, it is no, it is. Like, <laughs> you, see, you see the audience response after she sings something like you know a Janis Joplin song, and you're just like, "That's amazing!" Like who who does that? Uh, so few people do, and I am I am 100 in, into it. I'm the I'm the first one to applaud and scream and go go nuts, and. Uh, you know, and then I just want to like infuse like, OK, here I'm going to come in with like a, a very uh, sentimental Groundhog Day song and what it means to me. And and uh, she respects that. And, and she and she comes. She's the first one to applaud or say something really nice after the song. And uh, I think there's just a, a compliment there that really works. So uh, we we have a really good time on stage. And if you didn't know that already, just go watch like, you know, some of Legally blonde on youtube at the mtv like the two of us are just about to crack up every time we do a a scene together because we're both you know having such a good time and how when you are doing a show together whether it's uh you know back in the day with saturday night fever or legally blonde like you said or pretty woman when you come home 
are you do you, like because normally I think when husband and wives come home from work, oh honey, how is your day? You know, how did this or that go? Do you completely disassociate yourself from the work part of your lives, or do you go home and rehash? Oh, I didn't like what I did in this scene, or or uh, I didn't hit this note, or is it just completely? Let's make dinner and watch TV and kind of forget about the work part of our relationship when you're at home on the couch or whatever. No, I mean, look, I think there's a combination of all of those things. I think that if you're, let's say we were both attorneys, let's say we were both doctors, let's say we were both accountants, you know, um, and I know a lot of married couples in all of those professions. I don't think you can leave that at the door and come home and not discuss what went down in that day if you work in the same facility. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? You're not going to be able to be like completely uh, first of all, there's no reason to go out of your way to not discuss what you did because we just happen to do what we do. Everybody happens to do what they do. So if you're married to somebody that you work with, you're going to have to bring it home. And, and it's not so much of a rehashing like, oh my God, can you imagine how bad I hit that note? And did you see me run into the set? Or, you know, that's anecdotal and fun, but you can't shake that that's your profession and that you happen to be in the same place at the same time. when Andy's in the show and I'm not in a show with him, I will certainly want to know what went down on any given day. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then it immediately morphs into very, very low key, normal, boring living. And you're, you know, cooking and watching TV or eating and ordering in, you know, then it just becomes really mundane, normal day to day existence. You know, it's, it's a combination of it all, but I think it would be the same thing for any two people that work together in any environment. Yeah. You, you can't not talk about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you and your colleagues, if you go out to drinks after work, you're going to talk about it. Yeah, I, I have a very hard time believing that anything you two do is ever mundane. I've seen your TikToks, Orfei. I, I know <laughs> that mundane is probably not uh, actually in the cards for you two. I mean, you know, it's low key. How's that? <laughs> That's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. remember going to the Groundhog Day opening preview and I don't know if y'all remember but some things happened and (laughs) it stopped I was there you were there did you get a drink at the bar as well no I sat there and didn't move yeah I was just like no 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 I I was so excited about it um and of course it stopped and then everybody was like hey we're gonna do this concert and I watched all of you and like Andy like the the camaraderie on stage I, I was bawling even without like having heard like seeing you yet I was just crying because I was like this is what I love about theater is that everybody loves working together I don't know if it was like that backstage but it felt good um in the audience so <laughs> it's that, show, just, that show in particular Groundhog Day yeah. like yeah but everybody was very much uh a group effort uh even so as it continued to you know through through the previews to opening night to everything everybody was like it, it, ready and helpful. And, and, uh, to this day, I'm just like, so what a great cast. Um, I, but I just think that's important. Me personally, I think both of us think that 
if you're not there to collaborate and have fun and, 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 and let loose and, 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 and have everybody on stage sort of like building to the great effort of telling a story to make audiences, you know, jump out of their seats and, and come back, you know, six, seven, eight, nine times if they want to, uh, then, then what's the point of doing this? This is, you know, we're, we're very privileged to, to, to do what we love for a living and to do it together is like icing on the cake. And the two of us, both of us know, it's like, it's all about the audience. It's all about the, our band on stage. It's all about the person singing next to you because if, one one of us isn't having fun, then it like drags every, everybody else down. So let's go. Let's let's have a really good time. So you know when when Orfe is like feels like she's you know you breaking the, the roof off the place. It's because that's how much she cares about everybody having a good time. You know, mm -hmm. and that's you know that's ultimately the, the goal of each one of our concerts. You know, it's it that's what makes it hard, but also really uh, you know the payoff is great. Yeah, no, and I mean, look, how much easier is it to work in an environment where everybody is is into each other? Do you know what I'm saying? I don't mean, you know, obviously in that way, but like, yeah. it's so much easier to get along. You have to spend eight shows a week with those people. You've been in tech for a billion years. You, you know, it is just so much easier to get along with people and be nice. It's so much easier. It's so much less, less taxing on the soul. So if people say they've had a good time working with us, it's because it just should be the way that it is. And it not, isn't always that way. Not everybody is that way, but that's how I live. So I try to lead by example, if that makes sense. Andy is the same way. Mm -hmm. It's like nobody wants to work with someone who's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, no matter what the field is, that is, that is very true. Uh, well, I, I want to talk about these concerts you have coming up uh, a little bit more. You're starting off with one uh, coming up this Thursday uh, on the 19th uh, out in the Hamptons. Um, and then you have some coming up at 54 uh, below a, a two nights, I believe, in September the 15th and 16th. Uh, again, legally bound. But is this the first time that you are doing this show or, or I guess any show in front of an audience in a, in a concert cabaret setting since the, the the pandemic is this the first time you're doing like your full set together in front of folks i i think well we were supposed to do it when i did 54 below uh in july but andy was in cleveland filming the jersey boys movie oh, yeah. and we'll get to they, that we'll get to that <laughs> but they didn't um they didn't want to switch the dates um so i wound up doing those solo so i would say that i think mm -hmm. calissa on thursday will be the first time we've done this show. We've done numbers. We did the opening of the, we did the heroes welcome for mm -hmm. all the uh, essential workers back in, what, when was that? Not that long ago, but when April, May, April, May or something like that, um, we did that, but that was two numbers. So a full set, a full concert in front of a hopefully full audience. Yes, <laughs> Calissa will be the first time in a while. And how do you, obviously, it's not like it's the first time you've performed, obviously, but how do you adapt what you have been doing uh, for so long, for years now with this show? And obviously we talked about moving songs in and out and stuff to kind of affect the theme or whatever, but now doing this together again for the first time after a, a year and a half of, of some really dark times for a lot of people, how does that impact what you two do? Having just talked as we did about wanting to bring joy to people you work with, to the audience, focusing on making sure you give the audience what they, what they want. I'm assuming what they are going to want is, is going to be somewhat different than it was the last time you two did this show together. It's, it's really interesting because, you know, uh, we're in a live setting, which I think is, there's such a value to it, uh, especially like you have an audience. Audience is actually another participant in the show or whatever you're doing, whether it's a, a stage show uh, or we're doing our concerts. They, they, they will feed the evening as well. You know, if they're going to be sitting on their hands because they're talking to people they haven't seen for 16 years then, or, or for a year after yeah. the pandemic, uh, sometimes it's, it's it, you have to like flow with that. But um, I think it's really, it, it makes you so grateful for, you know, live performance. There's nothing like it. You can do as many, you know, musicals on streaming networks as you can, you, you know, but unless you have an audience uh, you'll never feel that, that, uh, that, 
that love between, you know, you and the audience, uh, because you're in, you're in a collaboration and it's exciting to get back into that. It's exciting to like, you know, look at people. I can't wait to see people at the, in the Hamptons at this concert to Calissa, uh, just to be grateful to have them all there. And so happy that everyone's made it and is, and is ready to see a show. That's what they came to see. And, I think they're excited. We're excited. I think that's going to be, you know, we're that's also level we're, of everything up. Right. And we're also so like, you know, I know because it happened when we did uh, when Andy was in Cleveland, like our band, we were so thrilled yeah. to be back together. We were It's like it's like your favorite best friends from camp that you haven't seen in a hundred years and you're all getting to be back together. It was so much fun. And I think that the the joy that we felt to be able to do it was infectious to the crowd. And hopefully it's a symbiotic relationship between the crowd and the performer. I think, listen, on any given good day, people are happy. If you don't want to go and see a concert, you're not going to buy a ticket and go and waste the time. I think particularly in this situation, since it has been so long and people are literally starving for entertainment, you know, I think you're already starting off on a great foot. So just don't screw it up. <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of a good uh message and a motto for life in general just have yeah. a good time and don't screw it up <laughs> don't screw I, it up listen you know, my asian mother word, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah well every time uh, i would step on stage my mom would say hey just don't embarrass me <laughs> so that's it that's really what it is yeah. i always said don't embarrass me yeah. and don't screw it up yeah you know i, I just uh, and you'd like to think that the people who spent money and time to come and see you actually want to see you and don't want to pelt you with tomatoes. Uh, no, no, one they want to see you. One would hope. One would hope because I will pelt them back. Yeah. So there is that. So. Props are involved but in the show. It. Yes. <laughs> so I want to ask. I want to ask both of y'all the same question. Um, Andy, what is your favorite song to hear Orfe? sing the hell out of and then orfe what is your favorite song to hear andy sing the hell out of oh that's that's a tough one um <laughs> because there's a cup there's a couple of them that just like i said bring the house down um I, one of my favorites to listen to is every time i listen to it with the recording of it and then she does it live it's the same deal uh when we're doing a combination of uh a song she does from trailer park called make like a nail mm -hmm. and uh you know we've been doing this like mashup where i sing an elvis tune uh with it but it's like if you listen to that recording make like a nail and uh anybody who's listening right now just check it out go to itunes listen to it it's one of the coolest it's when she ramps up and does this one riff on top of everything in it and everybody joins in it's 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 just chilling you know chills straight down my spine every single time i listen to it and then when she sings uh you know uh piece of my heart from uh from J uh, janice joplin song uh that's when the house loses their mind and it's it's fantastic again i'm a fan <laughs> i could name oh, 10 songs but those are the top two it's time to sleep on my turn right well I, you know i andy is so multifaceted in his vocal stylings that i go crazy when he does the the part in um shallow that he does now from that uh, song we just put out in march so i love that but if i'm like going gosh i really want to hear this 
uh, if I fall, I gotta get up. Keep on standing. Keep on, Keep standing. on standing is one of my favorite songs that Andy sings, um, just because of his vocal stylings. And then if I want to get sad <laughs> and I need a good cry, I I love when he sings "Seeing You," you know. But mm-hmm. I also like you 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 you're not in the car, you know. If we take a road trip and he's singing, like he's got the greatest pop radio voice ever. So like I could just listen to him sing anything. You know what I mean? Like we'll we'll bust out some freaking carpenters and he'll be like long oh. ago and no oh, so far away. And I'm like throwing myself out of the car on the highway. <laughs> that that could be problematic, but when it's you... a little problematic, you'll yeah. find me. Yeah, eventually. When like, you that's the thing. He's got this big grand Broadway-esque voice, but he's also this like incredible vocalist. Like, so if you really want to hear Andy's repertoire and not go, oh, he's a Broadway guy. Listen to the Pretty Woman soundtrack. He does Brian Adams better than Brian Adams does Brian Adams. Okay. Oh, it's and been said. Hey, take it easy. No, it's true. I, I cool just quote. tell it like it is. That's you know? the cool quote for yeah, that's there. Cool. Yeah, send it to Brian. Yeah. You know. If I fall, I'm gonna get up. If I'm hurt, I'm gonna keep going. If I'm scared, it ain't nothing new. Try to keep on standing. Keep on standing. Keep going if a prayer can ever come true. Let me think of you and try to keep on standing. of going in a, in a, in a, you know, on road trips, what is your go-to music to listen to, whether it's in the car or at home? Like, I would imagine it's fairly eclectic, but like, if you're like, what are we starting with? What is the type of music, the album, the performer, whatever that Andy Carr on Orfe put on first? Oh, well, for me, it's the OJs, it's Shaka Khan, it's Prince, it's Whitney, mm-hmm. it's Janice. It's old Bowie. It, it, it's like, it is very eclectic. And then I need to hear the freaking top 10. Like I have to hear the top 10. Mm. And that's my, I was like, what's hot right now? Who's singing what? Who's hot right now? Like it's, so it's Dua Lipa. It's freaking, you know, shoddy. Like it's Sweetie. Um, it's all of those people, you know? It's, I, I have a very vast repertoire. If it's a good song, it's a good song. Wait, that's I just- pretty much how I see I have to ask you to do this sometime because you're <laughs> such a pop person and like you've got Oren Moore, you've got what do you want from me? Like you have this incredible pop voice. Like, can you do a Doja Cat mashup sometime? Like, please do kiss me more or something. Just, oh just throwing God. it out there. Just throwing yeah, it out there. Really yeah, yeah, I was going to do something. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll bet> you. <laughs> Why so don't good. you say so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, See, it'd be so dream, hot. Just saying. Dream, dreams are made here. Um, well, <laughs> We'll we'll wrap it up. I promised I would come back to this. And Andy, via Instagram, it was recently confirmed that you are dipping back into the world of the Jersey Boys after like, what, like seven, eight years since the last time uh, you did it. I don't know how much you're allowed to say about this at this point, because details have been few and far between. Um, But first off, what can you tell us? And what was the experience like coming back to the show in a much different format than the last time you actually did it on Broadway? Uh, yeah, I don't, I actually don't know that much. Like, I don't know release <laughs> dates, release dates or any stuff like that. I mean, other yeah. than what we did uh, at the theater in Cleveland, um, which, you know, could anybody who's seen Jersey Boys, like, you know, we're basically doing that. There's the Broadway production. Oh, great. Um, and but it's been filmed and we had oh God, so much coverage. We had like 16 cameras. It was the most beautiful thing you'd seen on film uh, or whatever they use now. <laughs> um, so it, it was I, I think uh, everybody was very happy in how it turned out. I haven't seen any of it, but uh, I know when I would look at the monitor of something they were shooting, I would just be like, wow, that looks amazing. Um, so I'm very excited for it to come out. Um, 
Nick Jonas, terrific Frankie Valley. He was born to play the role. Uh, and that, that I don't say lightly because I've seen amazing, amazing people do, uh, sure. Frankie Valley. And, uh, Jonas is, is just as good. And, and, and he's gonna, I mean, he's really gonna surprise a lot of people and a great actor too. We had a great time and he's very generous. He's a very, very great person. So I'm a fan now. Um, uh, huge fan. And it was nice to return. I returned with a uh, Matt Bogart who I played uh, with in, in on Broadway oh, and awesome. we both returned to it. So he is playing Nick Massey and I was playing Tommy DeVito and the two of us had a, had a good chemistry to those parts because we had to like, you know, play ping pong a lot he would always like complain about whatever and i'd yell at him and you know slap him around <laughs> that kind of stuff so it was it was a good dynamic uh and uh i just it, it i think it's gonna be really really gonna look amazing the actors are all like on point it's gonna be a tremendous uh experience to watch it um and you're going to get that vibe that you got from uh from broadway which they, they wanted to capture um anything else i can tell you returning to the role uh i have to say it was the first that was the role that really made me believe that i can you know i can handle an audience and a and a, and a lead and a wow. and and it was one of those roles that was so well written uh and and it was just i had a from day one of doing that show when i stepped on stage in front of an audience. I knew this role was going to change my life and it did. I, and so I take that to heart and I, and coming back to it was a tremendous joy and a little nerve wracking. because was like, I haven't done it in a while. Will, yeah. I, will I remember this? And I killed it. I crushed it. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, I'd love to hear yeah. that. That's the Tommy DeVito coming out of me. I had to say, you know, I got this. Don't worry about it. It's going to be great. Um, well, listen, we're all Jersey Boys fans. I saw the show so many, so many times um, with and without Andy because Sergio, who was the yeah. choreographer for the Great American Trailer Park, he came into the show mm -hmm. one day and he's like, hey, you know, I choreographed this little show about the uh, the Jersey, you know, freaking Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. You guys want to come see a preview? Like, <laughs> that's how that's how you couldn't. I mean, I knew once I sat down and the first downbeat hit, I was like, this is going to run for 50 years. You yeah. know what I mean? But at the so time, it was like, hey, you guys want to come see the, the show I just choreographed? Um, and I just think you have to remember, and we've all seen it so many times, Tommy, Angie, carries the whole first act yeah. uh, dialogue-wise. Like, he's the narrator of Act One. So that is no easy feat, in addition to playing the guitar, in addition to singing the song. It's like, it's a, it's a big role. It's a big role. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, did yeah. not receive if, the Joe if, Pesci if cast with women. If it was cast with women, Orfei would be playing Tom. I would definitely, if, if, if so that was cast with It was with a lot you. of inspiration back in the day when I first got, I was like, Oh, I know who I want to play. Me. <laughs> yeah. Look, we've seen Orfe. You've done some uh, gender flipped roles before. Thinking of Jesus Christ Superstar concert, like uh, that, oh. I would be fine to to see you take on some of those roles as well. That would be awesome. That cool. Listen, that was cool. Let me tell you, the brainchild of Morgan James really like. I just want that to just be so big at some point in time. I know. It's, you know. People talk, but they're really not ready for those kinds of gender flips. And I think this one's the best one around mm. at the moment. So someone should get on that. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, Just yeah. saying. I contributed to that original album, which became, I know, such a legal mess. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, so, but I, I loved it. I love the idea of it, and I hope that mm. uh, that somebody does it again. But well, we Listen, will let it's you there. It exists. That's the good news: is that it is in the universe. Absolutely. So you know. Absolutely. You know. Well, thank you both so much. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. We will have all of the information for um, your concert uh, at Calissa in the Hamptons for 54 Below. Of course, the album uh, as well uh, for everyone oh, to and, make and sure we that have, we have Barrington Stages coming up. Too. Oh, and Barrington Stages coming up, too. Yeah. OK. And that's and what is the date on that one? 23. Third? Third. Okay. Yeah. I will make sure that that's Stand in by. there as well. Well, you'll find you can I'll find get it. the info and then we'll put it in the opening. 20, gotcha. 23rd at Barrington Stadium. It is the 23rd. Okay. Uh, we had that right. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So. Well, thank you again. Have a wonderful time with the shows and we are very much looking forward to seeing you, you both back on stage. Thank you so much for Thanks, having guys. me. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. my life to you. Where you lead, always there in time for me.
creates Andy or literally nobody better. Like, li just great performers, great human beings, so much fun. Like, to be a fly on the wall of their mm -hmm. home has to just be <laughs> so damn fun. Just the hits. Yeah. I mean, nonstop. You know that they're singing all the time. But these these people are just like beautiful humans. Again, I was not making it up. Like my friends that have worked at Team ID, um, that have represented them, that have worked with them. You know, I went to see my friend Josh Lehman and in, in, um, mm -hmm. in Groundhog Day. And that's, you know, the main reason I was there. And then I was like, God, Andy is just a powerhouse. And so is she. And I just, I, I adore them. And so it was such a wonderful thing to get to talk to them again. You know, I, I get to work with Broadway records as well. And, uh, that album that they've put out that is coinciding with their 54 show legally bound is so good. And, and so yeah. I'm really excited that they're bringing this back because it is backed by popular demand. They're not just saying that like it legitimately gets asked about. And even if they're singing the exact same songs that are on the track, it's still a party like, yeah. you know, you want to see them do it. So I'm, I'm really excited that we got to talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we mentioned in our conversation with them that this was one of their first times being back on stage. But as we are now on um, August 15th, we are less than a month away from the first Broadway musicals returning to the stage, knock on wood, assuming everything goes well over the next four weeks. Obviously, Grace, you attended the first preview for the first play to come back to Broadway with Passover, um, but we are just a few weeks away from shows like Hamilton, Chicago, Lion King, Wicked uh, coming back. We, of course, are going to have Town and Waitress coming back even sooner than that on mm -hmm. the 2nd. So... Um, you are our resident Broadway insider here. I've got a few sources, but like you are a source because you are such a wealth of knowledge and connections. How have things been going with rehearsals? First rehearsals have started for some shows. They're getting ready for other things. Obviously, some tours are already back out on the road. What are your big fancy Broadway friends talking about when it comes to getting back into the rehearsal room? Yeah, so everyone's been talking about the fact that like, people are still, they're so excited to be back and, and they're all vaccinated. If they're working, they're vaccinated. Oh um, yeah. We'll be talking about that yeah. on Monday's episode of today on Broadway. For sure. But, but that is the takeaway is that everyone knows that each other are vaccinated. They've been very safe, like, you know, with the anticipation going into rehearsals, but nobody is ready to remove a mask. Um, some shows that mm -hmm. I know of are working with children again. And as we know, children can't be vaccinated. And right. so they're yeah, being really conscientious. That. Yeah. Waitress is the, yeah. one, the first one back. They've got a kid in it. Exactly. And so there's a lot of like, uh, oh, uh, stage doors. Um, everybody's been talking in their company about the fact that not only is that not going to happen, and it might not even be a thing going forward, Broadway across the board, even tours, because uh, people have been admitting that like it's not great for their mental health to to you know walk outside of the show and then and then you know you can't control what people say or do and all that good stuff. But uh, but also the, just the contact of all of it uh, can't happen right now. So I'm not even sure that that will be a thing that we ever get to do again. But it's okay if, if it's keeping everybody safe. Uh, but yeah, like the, the main takeaway from most of the people that I've talked to that are working is that everyone's excited to come back. But because of how numbers have been going and, and you know, what we know about each place's vaccination situation, um, nobody's ready to like remove any of their, you know, equipment right now to, to get back into rehearsal. They're just not mentally there yet. Yeah, and that makes total sense. Like, you can't go through what we've gone through for the past year and a half and not be a little apprehensive yeah. about potentially having this taken away from you again. Like, we've been through so many ups and downs since March of 2020 that, like, you almost have kind of built up this um, this resistance to feeling good about something for too long. Like, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, that feels really good. When's the bottom going to drop out? So I think that right. makes total sense to, th to be thinking about making sure that you're doing everything you possibly can to avoid that. And then looking forward, you I mean, you talk about the stage door. Like, I get why people, yeah. like fans, want to do it. And I understand why people... Um, enjoy that process from a fan's perspective. It's not my thing. I always am very uncomfortable by it, uh, but I'm pretty much uncomfortable in most uh, social situations. So that's neither, neither here nor there. But like, it, it's unnecessary. Mm. You know, the actors don't get paid for that. Um, and they don't certainly get paid to be like an ensemble member and come out and have people like, hey, who are you? When is the star coming out? Like, that's not cool. And then, as you said, like, who knows what if someone's going to be 
even whether intentionally or not, you know, say something rude. And I just I I understand why that's a cool experience for so many people. And there are some Broadway yeah. stars who have become even bigger stars and fan favorites because of the stage door. But I just I, and unless the show is going to pay them to do that, it just yeah, they it, don't. It, they don't. It just it's just seems unnecessary, especially when you factor in a communicable virus that can easily be passed around when other people are around. Yeah. So again, we'll, we'll keep you guys up to date on like what changes are happening because, you know, this is all, it's a thriving industry that we all care about and we love, but we also, we want to see it, uh, succeed and not close down, you know, that, that we never want that to happen again. And so how can we make sure that it doesn't? I don't know, but we'll figure it out together. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right, great. So we said you already went and saw your first Broadway show um, since returning. You talked about your trip to Passover um, on today on Broadway. So that being excluded, since you've already done that, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to talk about the shows that you and I are most excited to see this fall. So like through the end of the year. On Broadway, there's some very cool things that are coming in the spring, which we will talk about in due time. But for the things that are either reopening or opening on Broadway for the first time or like picking up in the middle of their previews because they had started performances that hadn't officially opened. What is the show or shows that you are most excited about to finally be able to see on Broadway, either for the first time or again? So this is interesting because I feel like my answer was different a couple of months ago. If you had asked me, um, I have now fully gone into the hype of six Yeah, and I haven't heard a single song. Okay. Wait, really? I'm you just, haven't heard a single song at all? Nope. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to oh, do it. Wow. I'm going to go just see the damn show because everybody has told me that they love listening to the album and it's basically going to be just the album, kind of like a Hamilton situation where oh you listen God. to the album and you've kind of like seen it. I could not disagree more. <gasps> okay. Well, I can't wait to, I mean, if anybody wants to throw me a comp, like, please, my DMS are open. Um, but, <laughs> uh, that's the one I'm most excited because I have no concept of what it's going to be, even though I've seen a lot of the artwork and I've seen the photographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just Abby Mueller, right? Uh, I mm-hmm. I don't I don't have any uh, knowledge. Also, I'm recently divorced, so I would love to see this show. I know not that beheaded. that's one of not yeah, beheaded not, yet. Uh, yet, <laughs> let's not go <laughs> yet. there. Uh, so yeah, that's the one that I'm like as far as like hype goes. I'm excited about the hype of it, which for no reason, like whatever. Well, the other answer. I, well, oh, let, 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 let me talk about six real quick because I've told the yeah. story before. I yeah. I generally try to go into shows. Um, uh, naked and afraid n- no okay. listening to th- i try to listen because i <laughs> i am somebody who i don't trust um theatrical sound systems um, for me to be able to catch everything so i try to listen so i listened to the album of six going in and i was like this is fun it's g-. like i get it it's it's a lot of fun i went to the first preview i happened to be in town so i went to the very first preview the hype of the audience was insane but i was like I had a lot of issues with how the producers were like running like a bazillion productions around the country and on cruise ships before it even opened on Broadway. Now, true story. Uh, my brother's girlfriend um, was in charge of the casting for six uh, on the Norwegian cruise lines, but whole nother story. Um, but I just was like, it's I, I get I, the music's fun. This The songs are cute. It's fine. Like, I'm going to enjoy it, but I don't think I'm going to come away really getting into the hype. Could not disagree more. I thought the show on stage was so much better than the album. Um, And not just because of like, it's different vocals and different people singing it. No, just like the, the, the completeness of what they're doing with that. You don't get on the album. Like you don't get the interactions between the Queens. You don't get how it's kind of framed and there's a huge payoff with that frame that you don't get on the album. So for people who might have either kind of gone in thinking, oh, it's just a concert or I've listened to the album and it's fine. Coming from me, big old cynical old white man, I loved Six so much more from seeing it than I did just from the album. Wow. What a take. Okay, well, 
I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> Go back to the thing that I so rudely interrupted you talking about. You didn't. No, no, no. You did not rudely interrupt. Um, I, I the, the other thing that I just wanted to call out is that like I have not seen these two plays, but I'm very eager to see these two plays for a number of reasons. But think, Dana H. and Is yeah. This a Room? Um, you know, like, and, and I've talked to you about it or, you know, about like the idea of doing like solo work and like, especially like female led plays. They don't get they don't get money, guys. Like they they just don't they don't they don't get the funding. And so the fact that this is going to be like a double header by Vineyard, like on Broadway, it, I'm very excited for the opportunity this might bring to other people, as well as like knowing that this has been you know well acclaimed. Like this is something that Ashley has been talking about for a couple of weeks. You know, yeah. as soon as we brought it up, she was like, "Oh my god, like you're gonna love it!" Like it was just it was such a great piece. So. Anyways, these two separate plays doing these like in tandem performances, um, like trading off with the theater. I'm so eager to see what that would mean for Broadway. Yeah. Um, I hope that this is not the last time this happens, this first and last time that it happens. So as far as like, you know, where we're moving progressively in the theater and especially with straight plays, I'm very eager to see that. That was going to be my answer as well for ah. uh, for a lot of reasons. One, I've talked about this before, like both Dana H and Is This a Room, like I missed not because I didn't want to go, but like by the time they were announced or, or comps were offered to me, like my schedule as mm -hmm. listeners have heard me talk about it today on Broadway before, like I'm pretty meticulous when it comes to creating my New York trip schedules. Um, I just didn't have room and I missed it them both. And I was so upset about both of them. So I'm excited about that because they are different. They are unique. Dana H is, is a performance that is, I don't even know. How, I don't know that anything's ever been done like this. The, yeah. the the there's only one person in the show, but she doesn't speak. She lip syncs to actual recorded dialogue from the real actual IRL Dana H. And then is this a room? It's not a mm -hmm. one person show. There's multiple people, but they are actually speaking real actual law enforcement um, or legal uh, uh, transcripts from Reality Winner who is I think has just recently been um, released from prison, mm -hmm. which is amazing. So I missed those shows. I am very, very excited to see them. But there's another reason that I'm very excited. And Grace, I finally shared with you my uh, my massive theatrical database spreadsheets. And so you were looking at those. And the very last tab on that is my Broadway theaters list. And I have a mm -hmm. list of every show I've seen and in what theater. The last theater that I have on my list is the Lyceum Theater. I have um, not seen a show in the Lyceum, but Dana really? H and Is This a Room um, will you be there. You didn't see Oh Hello? I did not see Oh Hello. No, I did not. Okay. Yeah. Um, but when, not if, but when I see Dana H and Is This a Room, because I'm going to see both of them, that will mean that I've seen a show in every active, in all 41 active Broadway theaters. So there's a lot of reasons that I'm excited to see those two shows. What's your favorite uh, theater? I have no idea. I don't. Oh. I don't remember okay. the differences. I'm not good like that. Um, okay. uh, you know, like I really enjoy. I kind of enjoy the stadium seating of of uh, of the Richard Rogers. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's really fun. The Majestic and the Broadway, I set so high oh, Jesus. up. Yeah. It's just it's too big. The Broadway theater is too big, everyone. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I sat for, I, for Miss Saigon. I sat upstairs for Promises, Promises and King Kong. I sat in the orchestra. King Kong, I sat in the back and I actually kind of enjoyed King Kong. Um, oh, yeah. I know a lot of people that really love that yeah. show. I saw Dr. Zhivago and Fiddler Ugh. there. Oh, yeah. The Fiddler with Danny, right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, I think, the, you know, for a lot of them are so old and so cramped that it's just like, come on, do something, uh, you know, fix this. I, and I wish people had actually done more to do, you know, to kind of remedy some of those um, logistical situations in theaters over the pandemic. Obviously, they didn't. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think for the most part, I would say that uh, the newer the theater, the better it is. Like, I actually kind of enjoy Studio mm -hmm. 54 because I feel like there's a little more yeah. leg room there. Um, the Beaumont is always interesting. I've always had good leg room at the Beaumont. Um, so yeah, what about yep. you? What's your, what's your favorite theater? My dream is to close a show at the court. 
And then um, my favorite theater. What do you mean? Is close the, a show at the court. Well, things just don't work well there. So <laughs> I, I, it's my dream to do a play that runs for three weeks at the court that, and then have, have my friends see it in the balcony on yeah. today. Ticks. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I think my favorite theater is the Belasco. Um, I've never had mm. a bad experience there. I've, I've sat in virtually every part of it. Um, I've had, I've had like fond memories at the Brooks Atkinson, but I don't think that I say like, oh, this is a really well laid out theater. I've just had good times there, but the Belasco for some reason, like even when I've sat like on the sides of the theater, like in the, in the, what is it? A little opera seats, whatever. Um, those, um, even the mezzanine balcony, whatever the, the, um, regular floor. Uh, yeah, I've, I've always really enjoyed where I've, and it's tighter, you know, it's a tighter theater. Like I saw Blackbird there. I saw Hedwig a hundred times there. Um, it's just, yeah, it feels good. And I know it's on the other side of the street. So I think that I like that. It's not as busy maybe. Could be. Um, yeah, Yeah. either way. I saw, I saw a network there and I was like Mm -hmm. in the very front row, far right, a little bit obstructed, but I still enjoyed it. And true story. Um, that is where I first met in person, our mutual friend, uh, Rebecca Michelson. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah, I met her there for the first time. And then I randomly ran into her at her home away from home, uh, of Jagged Little Pill, uh, yes. as well. Cause she basically lived there when the show, uh, was she's first. She's a running. big fan. She's a big fan. She's a big fan, but she saw it in Boston. Yeah. She's, I'm not going to throw the obsessed word around, but. If the, she shoe fits, she if the shoe fits, um, the, any other returning shows that you're most interested to like get back and see again? Okay. Uh, uh, oh, wow. You said that I was about to say that I never caught frozen on Broadway oh. and it closed at shutdown yeah. and I'm seeing the first performance in Buffalo. Right. So I'm actually really excited to see a show that I never got to see on Broadway that I didn't expect to close during the pandemic. Oh, don't get me so, started about the injustice to Sierra Renee. Sierra Renee, but also like, yeah, they had just reframed that show. Yeah. With frozen. basically the tour version of the show. 100% the tour version of the show. They loved it so much that they re did the show for Broadway based on how incredible the tour company created the new version of the show. So I'm excited to see that version. And I'm sad that I never got to see Sierra Renee. Um, but you know, the Caroline and Caroline are going to be amazing. So that that's yeah. kind of cool for me. Cause I never got to see it on Broadway um, for shows that are coming back. I never saw Harry Potter because it was a two part and I don't like Harry Potter, but now that it's one part, I might. See now, it. Did you, have you, are you, Somebody who's seen all of the movies and read all the books. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm not. I've never seen the I didn't movies. Read I've the never. Books. Yeah, I, but I've never seen the movie. So that's like I'm like, that feels like a lot of homework to go see a show, even if it's just one part. Now, like it's just like, eh. I feel like I can let this one pass because I, I feel like from what I've heard, you have to know the backstory to understand everything in this, and I don't want to watch eight movies. Yeah. Is there? Oh, okay. Yeah, true. And, and I, I did when they were coming out because everybody was doing it, but I didn't care. Um, what, is there any show that is coming back to Broadway that you're like, I kind of want to go back and see it. (laughs) See, it's so weird for me not being a New Yorker, uh, because Uh, I like, it's so, I don't see shows multiple times often. Like I will go see shows multiple times. Like I've seen waitress multiple times. I've seen Moulin Rouge multiple times, but that's usually because I'm like in town and a friend wants to see it. I've seen Hades Town yeah. multiple times. But like if I just had my druthers, I would always see shows for the very first time. Um, if I was going to see something again, I would I tried to get tickets to the first performance of Hades Town, um, uh. but they actually weren't selling them. Like they were like yeah. on sale, and then they was they were all gone. I just wanted to be there when Andre said I um for yeah. the first time. Um other than that, like n- I don't think so. Um, you know, there's nothing that jumps out. I would, let's just say, based off some things that I've heard. Yeah. I, I, was, w- I know what you're going to say. 
I've <laughs> never seen Chicago on Broadway. I I yeah. could probably see it again based off of who we now think the the cast might be. This cast is much more believable than the cast that I told you I heard weird things about uh, on Today on Broadway. Well, uh, can I say this about Chicago? Yes. I've seen it one time on Broadway. Several times, like, outside of that. But, like, yeah. on Broadway one time, and I saw Bianca American as Roxy Hart, mm-hmm. and she was freaking phenomenal. I had just seen her. I had known somebody that worked with her uh, doing West Side Story for Carnegie Hall, and she was Anita. And I, I, I she she's just a performer that now I'm, I'm addicted to. Like, since seeing her in that, I would see her in anything she ever does. She's incredible. And, like, that was just such a wonderful experience for me with Chicago that I would not try to recreate it, but I would go see it again if it was like that. Um, but that's that's all I want to say about it because uh, what she's... If, yeah, yeah. What if... <laughs> she played a different role in Chicago. Would you go see it then? I would see Bianca play Billy Flynn, Mama Morton, Velma Kelly. Like I would see her in any role. Okay, I'm just. I saying. could see her singing "Understandable." Like she yeah. would kill it. She's she, so she'd good. Be a great Mary Sunshine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interestingly, the only time I've seen Chicago, I saw the tour, um, also with a very, very talented musical theater star, um, mm-hmm. Jerry Springer is who I what? saw play Billy Flynn in Atlanta, really? in Atlanta. Yeah. And then he like <laughs> left shortly after to go to the Broadway production. So of Jerry Springer, the opera? N- no, of Chicago. Oh, OK. Bummer. You guys, yeah. if you if you if you saw it, you saw it. It was really good. I'm Jerry Springer, saying. the opera. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, this most recent one with Terry Mann and uh, Will Swenson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Tiffany, but- Tiffany Mann also killed it. Cool. I don't know who she is. Is she related to Terry in any way? No, not at all. Oh, okay. um, but her parents are incredible, famous gospel singers. Oh, okay. The Man family. So there you cool. go. Cool. Love it. Um, other than that, like I don't know that there's any shows that I would want to see uh, again necessarily, just because I there's so many great things, and I usually pepper my theatrical schedule with like a lot of off Broadway stuff as well. So there's there's some new shows. Like I, I didn't get to see Company. I'll obviously die to see that one um mm-hmm. very much looking forward to that but but we'll see ain't no mountain high ain't no valley low ain't no river wide and no baby if you need me coming no matter where you are no matter how that you don't worry baby i'll be there in a hurry you don't have to worry Grace, I think that should wrap up this week's This Week on Broadway. We want to thank uh, James et al. for allowing us to take controls for this week. Um, we, of course, are two of the three rotating co-hosts on Today on Broadway, which is in this very feed. Whatever feed it is that you're listening to, whether it's Patreon or the regular Broadway radio feed, Monday through Friday, it is either me and Grace, me and Ashley Steves, or Ashley and Grace Monday through Friday, giving you all of the biggest and best and sometimes worst Broadway news um, out there. Um, uh, Grace, where can people find you on the social media if they would like to interact with you? You can interact with me all the time at It's Grace Aki on both Twitter and Instagram. Grace also mans all of the Broadway radio social media accounts, so you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio, and you can find me at Matt. As I mentioned, don't forget to head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash broadwayradio. If you are hearing this episode and you just listened to our Andy and Orfe interview in our regular feed, there is actually more Andy and Orfe content over on Patreon. So make sure you head over there, subscribe, get all of the goodness there. Not only do you get all of the Broadway Radio content in the Patreon feed before it hits our regular feed, but the Broadway Radio team, especially the three of us on Today on Broadway, are putting together a lot of new things that only get released either in full or at all in the Patreon feed. So you do not want to miss that, especially as theater comes back. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this week on Broadway. Have a great rest of your weekend if you are listening to this on Sunday. And have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you soon. I know you're in-